Welcome to another edition of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. I'm your host, Gazette Hawkeyes reporter, John Steffi. I'm excited to welcome back to the podcast, Detroit News, Michigan football beat writer, and maybe the last person with an AOL email, Angelique Shingelis. Thanks for joining me. Uh, excuse me, you were the one who couldn't find the rec- how to record this, so you're like <laughs> looking all over for the record button, so I think we're even. Hey, I haven't had my coffee yet as we record this. That's my excuse. Well, it is an excuse. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry I have AOL. It, if it ain't broke, you know, I have a 12-year-old car. Again, if it ain't broke, I mean, it's sort of my thing. I'm now going to get like eight emails from people with AOL email addresses standing up for you here. Well, so. I hope so. You're you're being a hater and I'm not sure why. <laughs> well, an interesting matchup this week. Michigan-Iowa Big Ten Championship game rematch of 2021. You've had an interesting year at Michigan. Jim Harbaugh's first game back on the sidelines. I'm assuming that's kind of been the talk of Ann Arbor this week. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Why Why, why has it been interesting? <laughs> Nothing's been going on. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is his second three-game suspension of the year. So, he, you know, he has he's coached six six games. I mean, he's been at practices. So it's just games only that that he's missed for these two separate suspensions, but yes, the fact that he's going to be back um, on, on Saturday night against Iowa is, has been the talk and, and the players are, are happy that, that Harbaugh will be back on the sideline, but, um, but they did pretty well with, with Sharon Moore filling in as the acting head coach and got that win against Ohio state, got the win at Penn state when that was really, that was a crazy morning. I mean, not, they, you know, they're trying to, the lawyers for Harbaugh and, and the university are trying to get a, a temporary restraining order to block the Big Ten suspension. And like two hours before we're in traffic and I'm getting text messages saying no hearing, no hearing. So there wasn't they weren't going to weigh in on it. And um, and so I thought that was, you know, I thought what Sharon Moore did at Penn State was was maybe I mean, obviously beating Ohio State significant, but doing it, you know, thinking the Harbaugh is about to get on the bus, but no, he's not going to go. And you got to go to the stadium and coach, be the head coach. I thought that was pretty crazy. No dull moments. So no, none. this offense seems pretty solid here. Let's start with quarterback position. J.J. McCarthy, second year as a stutter after beating out the guy in the Iowa sidelines, Cade McNamara. Um, what kind of does J.J. McCarthy add and how is he different than maybe what Iowa fans saw from McNamara two years ago in this game? Yeah, I mean, J.J. is, well, he was just named the the Big Ten's quarterback of the year. And he started out the season, I think you know this, extremely accurate. I mean, just, you know, boom, 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 making all these completions. And then game three against Bowling Green, he has three interceptions. And then, you know, I think that humbled him a little bit because there was so much talk about his completion percentage leading the country. And um, I, I think since then he's, he's played really admirably and obviously he's had a little bit of a lower leg issue. Um, Penn state he came up a little hobbled ankle, maybe knee and maybe hindered him a little bit at Maryland, but he looked okay against Ohio state. And um, he does add that wrinkle, you know, he can run and, and he likes it. And he's, he likes also mixing it up a little bit, which I don't think, the coaches like because he has a he had a hockey background I mean he likes to get physical and um, this year I think he's learned to slide you know not try to avoid a lot of that contact 
Um, but he is, um, and I think he's got a couple really good targets now. I mean, he's got Roman Wilson is healthy and making some tremendous, tremendous receptions and the tight ends. I mean, Colston Loveland and AJ Barner. Um, so he has a lot of different weapons. They're not, there's no Marvin Harrison Jr. on this, on this team, but there are some pretty good weapons and, and JJ has been much more accurate. And I, I think not in, I'm not turnover prone i mean you look at the i think that was an anomaly the bowling green game and then um he had the pick more recently but yeah i think he's been he's pretty he's been pretty careful it seems like from a distance it seems like blake quorum has just been there forever because iowa's played him now i think this is the third time seems like okay maybe not quite the same efficiency as past years when you're looking at yards per carry but still quite the admirable season for him yeah I mean and and he's healthy like going into the he he talked so much last week about never being healthy to play Ohio State obviously he had that season-ending injury the week before against Illinois and and got in for two plays and realized he he just couldn't do it and had surgery right before the Big Ten title game last year so he's finally healthy for this game Um, yeah they have used him differently I mean he's got 22 rushing touchdowns mostly short yard I mean just obviously had the 22 yarder um, after Zach Zinner was was injured the other day, but mostly they've been short yardage touchdowns. Um, I think that they were hoping for a little bit more balance from Donovan Edwards, and that's been a little bit slower happening. Um, Donovan's been getting better, I think, these last few games, and then they have Kalel Mullings, but Blake Corum's the heart of this this uh, running offense, and and maybe in some ways the offense. And um, yeah, it does feel like he's been been here a long time. I, I mean, I if he hadn't been injured, I don't think he would be here this year. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I think people keep saying, well, he's not as explosive. Yeah, no, he's not. But um, I, I think he's shown the wheels a few times. So I, I don't think it's he's completely absent. So the offensive line has been getting quite a few Joe Moore awards, it seems mm-hmm. lately. What kind of how does that kind of position group look this season well i i mean i keep saying it, this is not a joe moore award winning line it's just different i i think olu olu with timmy at center last year obviously won the remington um you know he was he was a great asset and that's not a knock on drake nugent but um this line just isn't as it's i, I mean i know they're in the running but i this just isn't as as good of an offensive line and they've had some issues and obviously losing zach zinner who i think is their best offensive lineman um, they have, they had to get, they had to move Carson Barnard. This guy's played all over. He's played left tackle, right tackle. He's been at both guard spots. So it looks like he will shift from right tackle as he did at the end of the, or after Zinter's injury last week, shift to right guard. Trent A. Jones comes in at right tackle. Um, it's, they've got Ladarius Henderson, a transfer at, at left tackle. So they've got two transfers on this line. And it's, it's been, it's been serviceable. I mean, that, that might be even too critical, but it's, it's a good line. It's not a great line. And I think when people were pointing the finger at where's the running game, you know, I think they kept pointing at Blake and Donovan and I'm like, no, you got to look at this offensive line. They're just there. What there were times that Donovan Edwards was running hard to a hole that he expected to be there. and wasn't. So uh, they held their own, obviously against Ohio state. They responded after the Zinner injury with the 22 yard quorum run touchdown run. So, uh, you know, I'm really curious to see how it holds up against Iowa's defense. Cause I, you know, that's a top notch defense and, um, and see if it exposes some of the, the weaknesses on the line. 
then kind of flipping sides here to Michigan defense versus Iowa offense. Looks like Michigan statistically, at least one of the better teams in the country in terms of stopping the run. Are there going to be Iowa has sometimes gotten those big play opportunities in the ground game. Do you see those happening against Michigan or is this kind of going right into their forte? Well, I mean, I think, you know, how state was trying to run the ball last week. And I thought that they, they got some, I mean, Trevion got some good yardage and um, yeah, this is a very good Michigan defense and it's different than some of the previous, you know, there's no Aiden Hutchinson and, and no uh, David Ajabo racking up 25 sacks, you know, combined, but that's, I think the beauty of this defense is that there's, there's so much depth and there is a, a very significant rotation and, you're getting contributions all over the place. Their interior is very strong. I mean, you look at Chris Jenkins, you look at Kenneth Grant, you look at Mason Graham. Those guys are are really good, and and the the last two are young. They're sophomores. So I mean, I I think the guy I always talk about and uh, Jalen Harrell. I mean, I think he was honorable mention Big Ten, and I thought, wow. I mean, to me, he's been a catalyst for so much that's that's happened. I mean, he he forced. He forced the last interception last week uh, that stealed the game for, for Michigan against Ohio State. He's just a very disruptive player, and that was their focus in the offseason. And it was one thing Jesse Minner said that they, you know, they they studied the Iowa defense a lot. They 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 looked at what they did and and they wanted to be more disruptive this year and getting hands up, trying to trying to, you know, get in get in the uh I guess just disrupt the um, the quarterback as much as possible. And they picked up some things from Iowa. So um, I, I just, you know, the linebackers have been good. They're a little banged up um, and their secondary is good, but yeah, I mean, I, there's going to be some room to run, but if they Michigan's strength is making a team one dimensional and then, and then it's just, it's, it's tough for any offense. Deacon Hill, probably this would be the toughest test for him. This Michigan secondary, you're mentioning that they were good. Is there a weakness there, or is it kind of just another really tough matchup here? Well, I mean, it's hard to say because they Michigan hasn't been tested by great quarterbacks. Um, I mean, McCord was very good. Um, but, you know, it's like Will Johnson's a little hobbled. He didn't play most of the second half. He's our top corner. Um, but you've got Mike Samer still, who is just like, he's again, kind of like Carson Barnhart on the offensive line. He's, he's versatile. They can move him from nickel to, to corner. And, you know, I think he's been someone who's been just such a steadying influence on the defense, but Will Johnson, you know, he practiced this week. Um, they would like to get him some reps. I'm just not sure how much Iowa's offense is going to test the, the Michigan secondary. I, I could be wrong, but I'm thinking that won't be the matchup to watch. Yeah, I don't think so either. When Deacon Hill has shown improvement at times this year, but then a pretty big setback going, I think, 38 or 39% completion against Nebraska. You're not going to go from that Nebraska defense, which is good, but now you're going to better Michigan defense. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't seem to be a favorable matchup there, but you never know. Yeah, I mean, it's really a function of of the pressure that the defensive line gets on the quarterback, and that's where Michigan's been really successful and frees up. I mean, that's that's how it works. I mean, if it's <laughs> if it's going to be done well, and so they have done that well, and they haven't put as much pressure on the on the uh, secondary. I mean, Will Johnson covered Marvin Harrison, and and he had his moments, and he also had some moments where he struggled. So um, I don't think Iowa has that kind of threat. 
um, unless you tell me otherwise. <laughs> um, I don't think they have a Marvin Harrison either. So I think everybody would love to have that. That would be, you know, I, I always wonder if J.J. McCarthy had Marvin Harrison. Like, that would be a tremendous combination. Oh, yeah. A big but... one. If they have an all-star team, maybe they should have, like, a Big Ten all-star team playing, like, an SEC all-star team. That would be kind of fun. That would be fun. Like, I realize that probably injury-wise, okay, you have that. But at the very least, like, you could make that a senior, like, showcase, like a pre-draft showcase. Yeah, it's not going to work, but it would be fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, never probably in a million years, but <laughs> we can dream. Yeah, I think it'd be awesome. I mean, to see the best of the best out there, that would be pretty cool. Now, one of the things I wrote about as kind of a key to the game was whether Iowa could strike early, just because you can see the difference between the games where Iowa did at least get into opposing territory and the games where they didn't. Now it looks like Michigan also is a team that kind of gets out to those early starts. How much has that helped them in terms of kind of just running away with some of these games through this 12 no stretch? Yeah, no, it's definitely helped. And, and, you know, they like to put a, get together those really long, grinded out drives too and um that's been effective for them um it was not until the maryland game i mean they were still holding teams scoreless in the third quarter so they were coming out you know pretty quick in the in the second to open the second half too so yeah i mean of course i think that's always a big, big deal if a team can can move the ball early and take the crowd out all those things um you know i i look at turnovers too i mean i think michigan's Really, I forget what they're, they're like number six nationally in turnover margin. Um, I know that's something Kirk Ferentz stressed. If they can get a couple turnovers against Michigan, that changes, obviously, the complexion of the game. But but definitely starting out fast for both teams is key. Um, and if if Iowa can do it against Michigan's defense, I, I think that um, – I will say this. I was going to say that might that might get in their heads a little bit. I, I don't think – and I consider all the things off the field that this Michigan team has had to deal with – they don't seem to get like rattled very easily, even, you know, with all the noise outside, but even on the field, if, if they're feeling like there's a little pressure on them, I haven't seen that happen. So I'd be curious if, if Iowa got out to a lead because, you know, Michigan hasn't had to come back. So um, if that happens, how would they deal with it? Hard to get much better than was it 25 and one in the last two seasons. Yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a score prediction yet? Well, before I ask score prediction, before I am not doing justice as an Iowa football reporter without asking about special teams. How could I possibly forget that? Michigan has had some pretty good special teams units over yeah. the years. Is yeah. this one of them? It's different. Yeah, I mean, because you just got so used to Jake Moody, you know, Money Moody and and Brad Robbins punting. And Tommy Doman has been an exceptional asset punting. Um and then James Turner really hadn't, he just never, I always forget he's there. I mean, they haven't, they haven't used him like they used Jake Moody and they had to use Jake Moody, their red zone. Um, they, they struggled last year at times and you know, he was impressive last week. He came in with three for three and he had a 50 yarder. So he's attempted three 50 plus and he's made two 50 yarders missed on a, a 52 yarder. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, I, I could easily tell you Jake Moody, but it's just, you hadn't heard much about James Turner and, you know, transferred in from Louisville. He's a local guy. went to Celine out right next to Ann Arbor. And um, boy, I, what a contribution he made last week against Ohio state. So very solid. And they've got Samaj Morgan returning kicks and um, 
You know, they've got they've got their punk their their kick coverage has gotten better too. I think as the as the season's gone on. Caden Colasar got hurt last year in the at Iowa, and their long snapper. And those guys are back. So um, you get somebody like, I mean, those two are just so efficient. So I think that they, they've been very solid. Okay. Now we have that really important base covered. Now do you have a score prediction? I don't. And I don't know why I haven't even thought about it. I think I'm so behind on all my work that I haven't <laughs> thought about it. I, I was put on the spot you know, for Ohio state last week and I came up with 24, 21. I, I don't, you know, I know what the score was two years ago when they played, but I just, they're both really good defenses and um, all right, I'm going to, you're going to put me on the spot. I'm going to say um, 34, 34, 13. Okay. I have 31. Oh, see, I, I, I don't know. Okay. I'm going to stick with this now. You made, I've got to like try to imagine why that came to my head. I could see that kind of, you know, both were in the same ballpark there. I could see that kind of game, though, where, mm-hmm. like, I thought I saw somebody was having, like, a crazy low first half over-under or something for Iowa. Right. And, like, Iowa's, they have some opportunities to score. It is a long mm-hmm. football game. Of but course. you look at it, I don't think anybody's doubting that Michigan is the superior team here. And I think everyone remembers what happened two years ago. And... I don't think it could be, I don't think it's going to be quite as ugly as two years ago. I agree. But it seems like this is a situation where a few things go out of line and all of a sudden it could go down that route quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's where turnovers come into play, but you know, Iowa can certainly generate turnovers. So um, yeah, I mean, you know, it would be, of course we're, it would be amazing if Cade McNamara was playing and Eric all that would be, that would have been the perfect storyline. And and the offense would look so much different with those two and, and a couple other injuries. I think Iowa has so on offense. So that's disappointing because it would have been, it would have felt like just a much bigger game in that sense. But so you said 34, six, I said 31, six, 31, six. Okay. All right. We are in the same ballpark. So I don't feel like a complete idiot. <laughs> um, I hadn't, I really hadn't thought about a score. Um, but, you know, I do wonder, like, uh, there's a little bit of a hangover, like, after Ohio State, can, is this team going to be, the Michigan team, going to be revved up to win a third straight Big Ten championship? I think they are. I mean, I I, I will, I've said it, said it earlier, this team has been just the most, and all the years I've covered Michigan football, just the most balanced emotionally and um, terrific leadership. And that whole, I think that scene when Zach Zinner was injured, that really, I think people have talked about that a lot. It really did show you what they've been talking about all season, that they have each other's back, that they are there for each other. And and I know it's all cliche to say all these things, but that was a pretty, I think that moment really kind of crystallized what, what this team is about. Well, Angelique, thanks for joining me. Well, thanks, John. I appreciate you uh, looking down your nose at someone who still uses an AOL account and allowed (laughs) me to join you. So thank you. (laughs) And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. Roger says thank you, too. The people who are just listening on audio are really missing out on Angelique's cutout of Roger Federer in the background. And then my Cincinnati Bengals stuff over there. So, yeah. First time I was thinking, is that actually a person back there? But no, I know, you know, 
it's true in 2020 when we we're doing only zooms i think it was like we would talk to coaches and i could tell they would always be like looking over my <laughs> and finally jay harbaugh's like is is that roger federer and i'm like finally somebody knew who it was so these guys don't follow tennis but it it does get it kind of makes it creepy so i kind of like it because it was it was definitely getting their attention and they were a little worried about it <laughs> And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in, AOL email addresses or otherwise. Until next time, we will talk Hawks later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.